0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File, with me Andy Peck. Conversations to help change the way you lead. Every church leader will at some stage have to pass on the baton of leadership to someone else, though in many cases, it's not so much a case of the baton being passed on as leaving the baton for someone to pick up, when they're finally appointed. Some might see value in an interregnum, but few organisations cope well when a designated leadership role remains unfilled for a long time. And most would argue that wise succession planning can help the local church enormously. Well, I'm joined again this week by Stephen Sizer, the Vicar of Christ Church, Virginia Water. Uh, we looked last week and started the conversation about succession planning. And we're going to carry on that conversation now, particularly as he's at a, a stage in his ministry and work where where particular succession planning is going to be vital. But uh, we will rehearse a little bit from last week. So um, uh, we'll start, start with that. So welcome back, Stephen, to the Thank Legion you. Fall. To we, you, you reminded us last week that Virginia Water is... Is located in Surrey. It's uh, got a kind of eclectic uh, group of, of folk who attend.
1: Yeah, but half the congregation come from within the community of Virginia Water. Uh, the other half drive in 10 miles, 15 miles away from the vil- villages around. We're, we're quite close to Egham, uh, Windsor, uh, Sunningdale, Chertsey, quite close to the M25 and uh, 15 minutes from Heathrow. But we're an evangelical uh, community church. We place an emphasis on evangelism, on um, Bible teaching, um, uh, and uh, on, on mission. Uh, our worship's contemporary. It's a very friendly, caring church uh, and and very outward-looking.
0: And you've been there 18 years yourself?
1: Yes, it's gone very quickly. Um, <laughs> 18 years sounds a long time, and in one sense it is, and in another sense uh, it doesn't get any easier every day is a challenge and it's exciting to be there
0: now when, when we were talking last week um, I mean I was asking questions about succession planning because of course I had in mind the the typical and classic um, way in which many churches operate you know the minister suddenly uh, announces their resignation and there's an interregnum, sometimes for a year or two years three years four years. and you were talking last week about the that actually, you build into the DNA of the church this idea that no one is indispensable, including the vicar or minister.
1: Yes, I, when someone resigns suddenly, I see that as a total abdication of a responsibility. It's a sign of uh, immaturity, uh, insecurity. Clearly, you know, if someone is doing a, a good work, a godly ministry, and um, they get a call to um, consider becoming a bishop that often you know happens in with larger evangelical churches or um, you know where someone has got uh, considerable skill and experience uh, they might be called to become an archdeacon or take on a senior role within the church and that's quite understandable Uh, and, and that's why I said last week you know one of the challenges we face is that when we build into the lives of people um, we've taken apprentices, for example. We've given them responsibility in the church and then seen them train for the Anglican ministry or uh, ministry in another denomination and and move on and plant churches or pastor churches. And it's sad to see them go because you value them. You've invested your life in them. But like parents, you have to let your kids oh, grow oh. And, and, and leave. Um, but uh, succession planning... For me, it has to be built into the DNA of everyone. No one is indispensable. The Lord can take anyone home at any time, and we should be uh, prepared for that. So, whether it's a home group leader, a sunny club leader, uh, a youth leader, or a pastor in a church, uh, what matters is what are you leaving behind. It's not your legacy of, of uh, you know, uh, of a memorial or a, a building. It's the it's the it's the strength of the church to continue to grow without you, and that's very important. So for me, uh, I'm a pastor, teacher, but my emphasis in in teaching is to think through how can we apply the scriptures to the lives of the people this week. Um, Before I trained for the Anglican ministry, I worked with Campus Crusade for Christ, and one of the the most important tools I I picked up early on in the Christian ministry uh, as a student evangelist were a series of little booklets by Bill Bright uh, called The Transferable Concepts, uh, how to pray, how to show your faith, how to answer objections—the um, how-tos of the Christian life. Whether it's as a father, a parent, a husband, a pastor—that's to me I- important. How can I encourage the bankers in our church family to be more responsible as bankers? Uh, those that are working as uh, you know in, in the airport or uh, in in shops or in uh, in uh, a, a, for the civil service—how can they be more? Uh, 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 have greater integrity, um, faithfulness, uh, honesty, truthfulness, diligence, you know, the character, the fruit of the spirit. How can they demonstrate that? Because then they'll be effective and fruitful in witness too. Mm. If that's part of the DNA, then when someone uh, moves on, someone dies, someone retires, they won't live a whole mm. because they have been, um, they have been constantly reflecting on mm. How am I passing on what I'm learning? You know, we've got to do that if we are to truly be disciples of Christ, because a disciple is a learner, but a disciple is a discipler. Mm. We're following and we're leading. That's why Jesus talked about servant leadership. Mm. We're serving him as we lead others. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. And that's got to be our model.
0: Well, it's lovely as i said last week it's lovely to hear you say that within the anglican setup um some of the new church streams have have classically had that because they have a church planting philosophy so they mm. would they would always be looking to when they get to whatever size 100 150 to be planting out and they're therefore looking for the people who will be the leaders of the next bit and it's lovely to hear you say that because within the parish system that's that's a trickier concept but nevertheless you want to be I guess, planting out people who can be evangelistic within their context.
1: Yes, I see it as wider than simply planting churches. Mm. It's seeding uh, mission partners as well, Mm. Uh, you know, supporting mission agencies. We have a few folk who uh, are members of the church family who work full-time in mission, but one of our objectives is to involve every member of our church family in mission in some way, be it through prayer, through through short-term mission projects, or long-term. And it's encouraging when we have members of the church family who uh, who um, discern that call to full-time Christian ministry. Equally, we have a, a, a good chunk of students from uh, the Far East, from Korea, from China, and you know one of our objectives there is that to, through through a three years um, a degree at say Royal Holloway, we can build into their lives so that when they go back to China, they can be leaders of the church. So we need to give them experience of how to study the Bible, how to share their faith, how to uh, feed themselves, how to feed others, so they can go back and, and hold strategic positions mm. in a very secular society or a very uh, hostile environment and live out their faith uh, and and be a fruitful, effective uh, witness.
0: I, I guess you're aware John Stott, when he uh, at All Souls, Langham Place, had that kind of concept of three years mm. you know because he, he he thought in terms because there were so many internationals in the congregation that he would you know train them up and build them up so that they would go off and there was that kind of sense of each year you want to cover the the main basis of the of, of the faith yes um so uh, coming on Stephen to talk in particular about um you know leaders who are anticipating succession you've already said that for you it's it's maybe an abrogation of your uh, you know, responsibility i know for some and I've, I've heard it said to me actually um that, that once you once you decide you're going to go uh you've kind of gone and they believe that once a leader announces their decision to leave they lose their authority that's rubbish. Uh, so so many that's leaders fine. keep quiet until they can say no. where they're heading uh, and they, and they, even to the point where it's a complete shock to the congregation yes, that there's ever any any, any movement. And, and uh, you know, that's, I've been within independent churches, that's certainly the case, yes. uh, but also in Anglican churches that's as well.
1: Like, it's like a, a husband coming home to supper and telling the kids I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, that's total irresponsibility. If you think that your authority uh, will go when you announce your departure... Um, says says something about what you thought your authority <laughs> was um, it's a wrong kind of leadership model okay. you know you think about Jesus he began to tell his disciples that he was going to leave them at least halfway through his ministry yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you look at Mark 8 you know they wouldn't believe him mm. um Peter rebuked Jesus said that's not going to happen, and mm. Jesus had to rebuke Peter, get behind me, Satan, mm. but he was laboring the fact he was going to leave them and not only leave them, he was going to die, he was going to be murdered, and they needed to understand it so that yes. it make sense of it when it happened yeah yeah so um i you know i 'm talking quite openly about the fact that I plan to retire in two years' time. Uh, it might be earlier than that mm. uh, we'll come on to that a bit later but um, but my aim is to build into the lives of those I have responsibility for, the staff team and the key leaders, so that they will be mature enough to make decisions without me. Um, You know, we, uh, our focus is on our 2020 vision, where is God calling us to be, our five-year plan, we have a membership covenant which emphasizes uh, the responsibility of church members to serve, to give, to share their faith. To attend regularly, to participate in the life of the Uh, church—they're all Anglican principles, by the way. Mm, mm. Um, We've got distinctive values that emphasise how we do ministry. That's for me the foundation of the church. And if we get—if we're focusing on that, then it won't revolve around personalities. It won't revolve around the vicar. It will revolve around the direction and uh, and the and the training up of of future leaders from within the church family. Many of, our, many of the people we've appointed in the leadership have actually come through the church family from being volunteers or servants or, uh, or, or apprentices to staff and then into leadership roles. Right.
0: Well, you've been listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Uh, joined this week by Stephen Sizer. We're going to be back just after this. And welcome back to Leadership Fire with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Stephen Sizer, the vicar of Christchurch, Virginia Water. This is the uh, second part of a two-part conversation we're having about uh, succession. Uh, Do log on to Premier's own website and you can listen to the first half of the conversation. If you've come to this, uh, uh, you know, for the first time... uh, you know there'll be details in the first part which you can uh, find on the website by going to the on-demand section Uh, and so we're looking at succession Stephen and as I say we we're starting to change Hmm. some of the concepts of succession very helpfully from you so thank you for that uh, away from the kind of concept that a leader um, you know suddenly announces their resignation and off and off we go but also that it's kind of part of the the DNA and I was going to ask you the question so what needs to be managed well when it comes to succession and, and perhaps that's kind of the wrong question because you're saying that if you're if it's part of the dna of the church that you're you're developing new ministers uh, uh you know, people to minister in the with a small m if you like then it's less of a big problem that you need to quote manage mm. and particularly the opinion formers in the church
1: yes i think there are three things i think that are important to manage that Transition well, yeah. and I'm I'm in I'm practice I'm practicing these at the moment. Yeah. So I haven't got it worked out yet, but I'm trying. Um, obviously, within anything within the church um, ministry, be it um, how we're counselling or pastoring uh, someone with you know with major health issues, or um, the divisive issue we've got to resolve, or um, a major project to come, um, confidentiality is important. Um, And it's important to get the process right. So I've already began to talk to my church wardens, uh, my my other staff, about the, the, uh, the timing of our departure. So timing is very important. Giving people time to think about it and take responsibility For the transition. So, as I said earlier, the Church of England expects you to give at least three months' notice in Mm -hmm. the Church of England uh, in terms of uh, uh, retirement or resignation. Um, I think uh, statistics have shown that churches that have uh, a nine month interregnum, up to a nine month interregnum between a minister leaving and another minister coming, cope really well because within nine months, uh, people take responsibility. Uh, roles are fulfilled by others within the church family. But if it's longer than nine months, the the church family begins to suffer um, if they have depended too heavily on a one man mm-hmm. or one woman in that leadership role. So timing is important. Giving people an opportunity to think through the implications of your departure and what steps are going to be needed in order to... Um, for that transition to be smooth giving the the, the leaders the church council time uh, particularly uh, to think through the process before it being made public to the whole church family right the second is the transition and and that's where really you've got to delegate you can't manipulate uh, or coerce people into picking your favoured mm. successor, you know, my cousin uh, or my son. That's the worst one. You know, I've seen so many ministries where they go and pick the son of the leader. And you think, good grief, is he the only guy or the only woman in the church that has the skill base to do that? Mm. It's, mm. It's, it's a family affair rather than, uh, rather than the work of God the transition is a is a tricky one and every church is going to be unique if you imagine um you know a heart transplant you've got the person who is is receiving the heart and you've got the the heart that's either still in the body of the person who's died or is is being kept alive uh for that transition and and a living heart has got to be placed in a living body and it's got to be done uh, carefully and, uh, and and clinically in order for the person to survive and I, so that's the the analogy i have mm. of 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 a person leaving and uh, if, if if it's a vicar and a new vicar b- being appointed uh, so the transition is very important identifying the key roles of, uh, of you know we've uh, we've had uh, a a person depart the staff recently and uh, we had plenty of time before then to find out what they did why they did it how they did it and to write down the the, the manuals if you like Hmm. so that someone else could take on those roles because so often it's all up here in the head yeah, you know the, the the password for the for, for the for the safe you know <laughs> if the password for the safe is in your head and you drop dead how are they going to get into the <laughs> safe you know right. or the code to get into the church you've always opened the church up pass it on delegate yes. so the transition is very important and then the third it comes back to what we were saying earlier is the training uh, training the church uh, in the philosophy of ministry which is one where ministry is shared where we're all indispensable Sorry, we're all dispensable. Yes, no one's indispensable. And uh, and th- my philosophy again is that if you want to train up someone to take over, you've got to train three people, mm. three for one, because one person's going to leave, one person's going to flunk it, and God willing, one will will fulfil the role. Right. And if you're looking for a new home group leader, be be training up at least three if you want one. Okay. OK, don't go and invest your life in one person and then they move on and you've wasted all that time. Okay, you've invested no, in another church, but you've got to train up at least three to get one. That's that's okay. my experience. Right. Uh,
0: and, and so the uh, you're already giving really advice to church leaders listening who are anticipating a move. But there's a few things I mean, you're saying, for goodness sake take responsibility for that
1: transition yes if you really want to leave a legacy uh, where they will look back and uh, and remember you for uh, for the good work you've done don't go and screw it up in the way in which you leave Mm. Uh, leaving under a cloud leaving suddenly leaving people bereft Uh, they will just be angry at the mess you've left them Mm. It's like down to things like the vicarage. Hmm. You know, We will not leave the m- vicarage in a mess when we go. <laughs> we'll make sure it's clean and tidy for our successor. That, you, you know, you've got to take responsibility for your hmm. own garbage, if you like, yeah. uh, and, and tidy up and, and ensure that all of the roles you've been fulfilling are understood and have been delegated ideally delegated to several people so that it's a shared responsibility.
0: Yeah. There is a cliche, isn't there, about there's no success without succession or something like mm. that, and I guess that's what you're articulating.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Um, so, I mean, you, you've, you've talked about um, you know maybe retiring in a couple of years. Uh, are you at liberty to, to say what that might go on to?
1: Well, um, a good friend of mine who is a retired uh, bishop he said you don't retire you retire a okay car. All It's right, like you very get good. New tires and um, the, the, the older i get the more uh uh, the more ambitious I get no for Christ, the more dangerous I want to be. Mm. You know, time is short and I want to make a difference. Mm. You know, the Apostle Paul in in Timothy, toward the end of his life, talked about pressing on f- to reach mm. uh, the, the, the the prize, the, the upward call, and and not to find that he'd been disqualified in the last round. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I want Satan to wake up in the morning and say, Oh, heck, here comes Sizer, mm. you know. <laughs> I want to be dangerous. Mm. And uh, and um, so I want to go out. I want to finish well. Mm. That's very important mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so helping the church think about their future, their collective responsibility, their calling, will enable me to step away because they're focusing on their future mm. and not their history. Mm. Um I'm uh, obviously thinking in terms of continuing a full-time Christian ministry. There's mm. no such thing really for as retirement for clergy. Yeah. Um, if, if God's called you to ministry, it isn't until your dying day. Mm. And um, But we're thinking uh, we're in the process of setting up a charity um, that will enable me to carry on after I've retired to uh, get back into the Middle East which mm. is a, a passion for me peacemaking, advocacy uh, human rights mm. um, evangelism, working with uh, other mission partners who are involved in evangelism in the Middle East um, we've been uh, our church has helped fund the translation of Christianity Explored into Arabic for oh, wow. example mm. as a tool and I'm quite excited to be able to use that that material with, with church leaders uh, in in various countries in the Middle East in the days to come, so we're setting up a charity that will enable me to continue, and uh, alongside obviously a small pension which we'll get from the Church of England.
0: Excellent, and and as you've been kind of reflecting on all this, and you know it's lovely to hear your this has been part of the DNA actually since the. The first day, have there been books or talks, individuals that have helped you along the way? There
1: are there are authors that I devour mm. because they're on my same wavelength. People like mm. Bill Hybels, right, his yes. book courageous leadership. Um, I, I'll read anything from Ken Blanchard, mm. you know, the one minute manager. He had uh, written a book called Leadership: uh, Leading to a Higher Level. Mm. Uh, John Maxwell is brilliant. Mm. Maxwell's books are gold. He, he insists every uh, business or management principle he teaches is based in scripture uh-huh. he's written developing the leader within you uh-huh. uh 360 degree leader uh and then more generic uh the purpose-driven church by rick warren has uh-huh. been very influential for me john Stutt's book Ca- uh, the calling of christian leaders uh-huh. is a lovely biblical anal- analysis of of the words used to describe uh christian ministry uh-huh. Uh we we rely on resources from the Willow Creek Association, from Saddleback. Mm. Um those are two particular organisations that have helped us a great deal mm. in terms of leadership development and um and uh prioritizing ministry.
0: Sure. I mean I understand Bill Bill Heibels, the senior pastor of Willow Creek, is himself having a conversation about this very issue. So mm. so it, it comes of- to us all. And it's
1: better <laughs> to start the conversation sooner than later. Yeah,
0: wonderful. Well, Stephen, it's been been fantastic to uh, to enjoy this, this this couple of conversations last week and this, and for um, you know to sense your heart for the gospel in, in it all. And um, you know, I think there's been a, a ton of wisdom for, for for leaders listening. And I hope uh, as you're listening, you've been uh, been challenged and helped and equipped uh, for what will be one day for you a, a time to to hand on the baton to someone else. So thank you, Stephen, very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you for, for listening to, uh, log on to Premier's own website, www.premier.org.uk uh, and you can listen to archived versions of Leadership File, including uh, the conversation we started last week with Stephen, uh, which is, uh, this current conversation will also be on the website very, very soon. Uh, so you can download and listen to the two if you wanted, uh, alongside one another. Uh, you can subscribe to the Leadership File via iTunes, uh, either by going to Premier's own website, uh, and going to iTunes from there or iTunes direct the um, the on-demand version of the leadership file is only up for around a month on the website and then it goes to to iTunes so you can get it there if it's uh, if you want to obtain uh, or listen to a um, an, an issue that's much later than a month's time uh, and if you want to uh, write to me apec at you can maybe suggest uh, potential guests for the leadership file a lot of people who uh, I've interviewed have been suggested from listeners just like yourself So thank you for your company again. Uh, Do join us again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.